So yes, that is our prayer today. Jesus, we ask that you would hear our hearts. What we just said, what we just sang. Father, we surrender this time to you. We surrender our hearts to you. We want to know you more. Change us. Amen? Again, do we come to church to come to church? Do you come to church to have an encounter with the Almighty? Man, our prayer is that you guys, we would each of us encounter God and leave differently. So today, it's going to take some courage. And don't worry, introverts, you don't have to say a word. You don't have to come on stage, you don't have to come up front, nothing. But what we just sang, I surrender. I'm praying right now that you would go ahead and say yes to what God has for you in the next little bit. The divine God is actively working in this place, seeking you, speaking to you. And you've showed up today from your life, with your past and your present and your circumstances, and he knows every bit of it. And he says, my son, my daughter, I have something for you. He's so good to us. Amen? All right. For those of you who are new with the Orchard, um, we have been in a sermon series. Sermon series, they usually last a month. This sermon series has lasted for many years. We are going through Luke. And I just wanted to do a little bit of review and recap where we've been, okay? So if you have, and, and this is great news for some of you. You're like, well, I'm new here. I'd love to hear more about what we've been doing. Some of you are like, I have been here. I don't need to, ha- I don't need to suffer through any more of what we've been doing. But either way, <laughs> we're gonna do it. So just, so there we go. And July 14th, two years ago, Almost two years to the day, right? Two years and two days. July 14th, 2015, we started Luke. We started Luke 1. Mary and Joseph are visited by angels and they go to Bethlehem. Remember that? I'm going to hit highlights, but there was many messages in each of these months, obviously. And then Luke 2, the birth of Jesus. We had Christmas in July and August. Remember that? Who was here for those early Luke days? We first started Luke and you were like, wow, we're doing Christmas and it's 90 Luke 3, the baptism of Jesus. Remember, John the Baptist baptized Jesus and God's voice spoke, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Luke 4, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and then he left there and started his public ministry. You guys, are not, you guys remember some of these sermons? Good. Without my mom and wife here to really just help me out today, I need someone to nod and pretend like they know what I'm talking about. Luke, Luke 5, Jesus calls the first disciples. Remember that? He gets in the boat, they catch a lot of fish, and they go, we'll follow you. He calls his first disciples. He heals a leper, and a paralyzed man is lowered through the roof to be healed by Jesus. Luke 6, the Beatitude. You guys remember this, the Sermon on the Mount? Blessed are you who, and he would go through, and this, this amazing sermon Jesus spoke called the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those here. He goes through and shows us a way of living, a new way of living. And then we had Christmas 2015 and New Year's 2016. And then after that, we came right back, and it was Luke 7. Jesus heals the Roman centurion's servant, and he's anointed. That means he has oil poured on him on a, in an honorable way by a sinful woman. And, and, and I always just wondered, like, how would you be remembered in the Bible? Like, they don't give her her name. It didn't say, like, it was Sue. It just says sinful woman. Like, how would you be written in the Bible? Like, 
bad news Fred, like, what would, how, you know, or bad breath guy, number two. Like, she's known as sinful woman throughout the ages. I love the, the description some of these use, and, and, and she's not sinful after that. Can I tell you this? And then it goes on. Luke 8, the four soils. You guys remember the four soils? This was this parable about the word of God being like a seed, and it's planted in our hearts, and our heart can be a different kind of soil, and there's four of them. The first one is the hard path. The seed falls, and it can't get any root. The next one was shallow and rocky soil. It, it, it goes in, it takes root very fastly. It grows, this person's like, yes, Jesus, yes. And then the sun hits. And because there's no deep roots, it withers and dies. Then we had the, the, the weedy soil, which is, it's good soil, but there's weeds growing up. And the word of God would go in that heart and it would, it would try to put down root, but the weeds, and the Bible says the weeds are the cares and concerns and pleasures of this world, would choke it out, take the nutrients. And the word of God, the righteous growth of God could not grow in that person's heart because of the cares and worries of this world. Then there was the good heart. And when the, when the word of God landed there, good crops came from that. You guys remember this series we did? We stopped and did week after week after week. Also in Luke 8, Jesus calms the storm. He heals a demoniac. And then there's a woman who's found, he, she finds healing in the wings of Jesus' prayer shawl. You guys remember that? We had a prayer shawl here. And many of us came forward and, and granted and prayed that God would move in our lives. Then we get to Luke 9. This was uh, April. 2016, Peter declares Jesus is the Messiah. Then they go to the top of the mountain and they're transfigured. Then we have Luke 10, the Good Samaritan, and Mary and Martha. Martha's working, Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, and Jesus says, many things you're worried about, but one thing matters, being at Jesus' feet. Then we go on to Luke 11. This was 2016. One year ago, we had the Lord's Prayer. Went through that line by line. Then we had the parable, Luke 12, the parable of the rich fool, and then Jesus tells us not to worry about life, and he finishes by saying, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, which just asks us these questions, what do you treasure most in life? Because your heart will be there. So choose your treasure wisely. Luke 13, Jesus calls us to enter through the narrow door of salvation, which is him. Luke 14, Jesus talks about the cost of following him, how we should pick up our cross daily and follow him and prioritize him above all things. Then we had Christmas 2016 and started this year. How many of you just started attending this year? Yeah. So this is where you guys, somewhere around here you picked up. Right off in January, we started off with the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, the prodigal son. Remember that? Remember these stories about how God is a God who, who, who seeks and finds those that are lost? And then the prodigal son, he asked dad for his inheritance before his dad's dead. What an insult. He goes off and he spends it all partying. He wastes it all and he has to go back to dad broken with nothing. And the prodigal son shows us that the son was so afraid about how his dad would respond but the father was waiting for his son and when he saw his son on the horizon he stood up and he ran to his son with tears and a smile and loved him and said, you're alive, you're home, showing us that God the Father welcomes us back no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, come home. Then we moved into February of 2017. Luke 16, the parable of the shrewd manager, the rich man and Lazarus. Then we had Luke 17. Jesus tells us to forgive those who wrong us 70 times seven, which the meaning there is you forgive and you forgive and you forgive until it's forgiven which begs the question of us when we hear things like that, who do you need to forgive again? Today, who do you need to forgive 
again. And then tomorrow you may need to forgive them again. But Jesus calls us to be people of forgiveness. He heals the 10 lepers and only one comes back to thank him. Luke 18, the persistent widow, rich young ruler, Jesus heals the blind beggar. Luke 19, this was just April and May. We had Zacchaeus and then we had Easter. And then Jesus enters Jerusalem as they yell Hosanna and he clears the temple. Just in June, Luke 20, Jesus talks about baptism from John the Baptist and he tells us to pay our taxes. And then in Luke 21, we have July, we have the widow's might, and then next week, buckle up, because Charlie's talking about the end of times, and he has a time and a date for you. He's not here, so he can't really do anything about what I'm saying right now. (laughs) He's going to tell you the moment Jesus is coming back. And Charlie, if you listen to some podcast, which I hope you will, he doesn't have the time and day. He just has kind of a season, maybe, like a, a fall. No, I don't know what he has, but it's going to be good. It's going to be all about the, all the end time stuff that we've all been wanting and all that good you know, stuff of when and who and how and all those things that some of people really get into. And that's just, a, that's just a snapshot. Do you remember some of these sermons? Just nod with me. Because see, I love preaching. I love it. Something inside of me just says yes when it comes to communicating God's truth. But there's one thing about preaching I just I can't stand. And it's the hardest part about this job. I've been doing this for 23 years, preaching, and, and I, I grew up many years listening to preaching and since I was an infant. And the hardest part about a sermon is that when the sermon is done, it's done. Which is ironic because your favorite part about the sermon is probably when it's done. But, but for me, I, I, I could work a week, I could work a month, I could work a lifetime, and I could get up here and I could give a sermon, and when I get done on the stage and I worship and I go back to my office, I close all my documents, I close the folder, close the tabs, and I probably will never open it again. It's gone. I've been in growth group, my growth group, um, and I've said, so what did we preach about last week? And no one knows. <laughs> Not even my wife. I get it. The hardest part about sermons is when it's done, it's sometimes it's just done, which is why I'm writing a book. But that's another story. When, listen, part of it is what we talk about in here, our prayers that it would all, often leave here. That something in it, the spirit of God and the spirit of the word, there would be a, a transaction and you would leave here being more gracious, more grace-filled. You, you would leave here having forgiven You would leave here somehow being changed that it would go with you. And so, while sermons can be forgotten, and while we've been through two years of Luke, and a lot of it, it's hard to remember, I pray that through this, we're becoming different people as we see Jesus more clearly, as we've walked through this whole journey to see who he is and how he is. And it's good every now and then to stop and look back and be reminded. Right? It's good to be reminded. We've been in Luke for, for many years, and it's, it, there's a power in looking back. And we're going to take a break from Luke in August, but then we're going to hit it in the fall and, and finish it. And we already got some planned for 2000, 2018. But man, it is, there's a power in looking back. And so whether you are new today and you, are, you don't know what to look back on, or whether you've been here the whole time, today I believe that God wants you to hear something and take it with you. And my prayer this morning has been for a supernatural boldness that you could grab onto something, claim it, say, this, I, I am taking this with me. 
as we look back on some of these things. So here we are. Today, I'm going to go ahead and give you the bottom line. I want you to engage in this sermon, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. Again, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to come up front. None of that stuff. But I want you to be willing to engage God and step into what he would ask of you. We're going to look back, and we're going to settle on maybe what's the one thing for you that you take with you. So today, it's a little bit of a choose-your-own-adventure with the Spirit. And I'm okay with that because he's a much better preacher than I am. The Spirit of God is the one that knows truth, that knows you, and will translate whatever I say or Charlie says, will translate it to what you need. And so today as we go through this, be open to listening for his voice, for his prompt, because there is a power in looking back, a power in remembering. Those of you who have been married for many years, there's a power in looking back. See, when you get married, it, it, you know, there, it's puppies and rainbows and, but man, it, time goes on. <laughs> D- doesn't, doesn't time just lull us sometimes? And you might say, no, no, we keep our marriage fresh. You, good. But there's something about, you, you get used to the person you're sitting next to. You get used to the person you're sleeping next to. There was a day when that idea thrilled you. Oh my gosh, I get to sit next to them. <gasps> Maybe he'll hold my hand today. Do you remember? Do you remember when you would drive six hours to surprise them and now you don't want to drive six minutes to get their prescription? Do you remember? (laughs) Like, do you remember? A great illustration of this, I have some friends that many of you know, Howard and Marion Conkey. They've been married 51 years. And I had the privilege of being a part of one of their anniversaries. We were on a camp out, and, and Howard had this whole plan. We, we had this nice table out by the river. We had a chef cooking up some, Chef Steve White cooking up some amazing things. Uh, I, was the, I got to be the server, yeah. And so um, it's their anniversary by this river, and Howard had a surprise for Marion. They'd been married for, at the time, 45 years. I don't know. That's a long time. I mean, their wedding was in black and white. Like, not just, the pi- not just the pictures. Not just the pictures. Howard had a surprise. You see, he found something buried somewhere. A strange contraption that we wouldn't know what to do with, but Howard, ancient, he knows what it was. You see, back then, they could record things on steel wire. You might remember this. If you nod, you're giving yourself away. They would have a steel wire and they would, rec- they would magnetize it and it would record onto a wire. I had to go look this up. I didn't believe it. And it, re- it like 1940s to 60s around in there and, and it would magnetize it and Howard found the steel wire from his wedding that no one knew, ex- he didn't even know existed. And he had it digitally remastered, put on a, a you know, MP3, made into an MP3 and that night, after they had their dinner, had some good wine, some good food, he said, Marion, I have something for you. And he pushed play on something she did not even know existed. And as clear as a bell, they were mic'd, as clear as I'm talking to you, you could hear their young voices 40 some years ago. You heard their vows. Marion has dealt with illness her whole life. They didn't know at the time of the wedding. And so when he got to the part where Howard said, in sickness and in health, she just broke. Because they'd lived it. They'd done it. I sat there and watched their faces as they were transformed back to that day as kids 
standing up there, declaring their love and life for one another. And here they are all these years later, and it just, it was, it, man, it, it was amazing. There's a power in looking back. You have an assignment this week if you're married. Go on a date night and bring your wedding album with you. <laughs> talk about it. Talk about life before the wedding. Talk about life before the kids. Don't talk about the kids. Eh, try that one. There's a power in looking back. There's a power in remembering. There is something to that, and I watched it in their life as they listened to that old scratchy recording. It renews us. It can renew our love. It can renew our faith. And so today as we look back, we're going to take a few examples from the sermons we've been through the past two years, almost to the day. And I want you to listen to these with fresh heart, fresh eyes, fresh ears, and I want you to say, Father, which one? Which one of these do you want me to stand on today? Because it might have meant something back then, but I want to be renewed, I want it to be remembered, I want to look back, and I want to look back and bring it forward into my present because I need it today. And God has something for you today. January 24th, 2016, I preached a sermon about the widow of Nain. The sermon where I said, the king has one more move. The story about Jesus as he leaves this amazing moment where he's, he's healed these people. He's traveling from one town to the next and as he gets to the next town, the town of Nain, this small little hole in the wall, they come upon a funeral procession. The whole city lines up for this funeral and at the front of the procession is the widow. We know she's a widow because in the culture she would be up there with her family in front of the funeral pyre which is what her son was on. She's burying her son and there's only one woman in front of the funeral pyre, which means she's the only family remaining. She has no husband. She has no other children. A woman in those days, again, she would be destitute. There's no, she, she was older in age. There was no way she could have gone out and made something of herself. She would have been at the, the whim and the help of others. This woman, as she sat there and led her son to the graveyard, which is where her husband was already buried, all of her hopes, all of her dreams were on that funeral pyre. When your oldest son dies and you have no husband, that is the end. Culturally, that was the end. Her future was on that. She was burying her future. Her dreams were dashed. She was hopeless. She was hopeless. And Jesus walks up and a celebration parade meets a funeral parade and he puts his hand on it and he stops I don't know if you're here today and you're hopeless about all things or one thing. But I know, I just know that there are a few of you here today that what you need more than anything is hope, is hope. The Bible says that faith is having, the faith is being sure of what we hope for. What happens when you stop hoping? What do you have your faith in? Yeah, I still believe in Jesus, but you've stopped believing he has good things for you because you've stopped hoping for good things. The greatest thing you might need today is a reawakening of hope. Some of you here today with hearing this, that is what you need. And you would say, Jesus, I need hope. I need hope in my whole life. I need hope in this one situation. I am hopeless and the widow of Nain shows us when Jesus walked up, he put his hands there and he said, arise. And the sun sat up and her hopes were renewed. And listen, this is what Jesus does. Sometimes he resurrects your dead hopes and dreams. Sometimes he brings you new ones. 
but he is in the business of giving hope. That's what he does. As a good God, hope is like his currency. So today, if you need hope, I'm gonna ask you to do something very brave. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. I'm gonna pray for you. If hope is what you need today, thank you. If hope is what you need today, raise your hand and say either is it, is it my life as a whole or it is my life in a situation. But I wanna pray for those of you who need help, to, who need hope today. Yeah. Yeah. Leave them up. Leave them up. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, you are in the business of giving hope to the hopeless. Father, you will stop a funeral of dreams and hopes and, and resurrect it all. I pray for those who've had the courage to raise their hand. I pray in the name of Jesus right now, you begin to give them hope renewed hope in the situations that they needed in or father as a whole maybe they are completely hopeless so i pray that you would grant hope to those in jesus name amen, amen. you know february 28th i'm sorry november 11th 2015 november 11 2015 we preached on a paralyzed man this paralyzed man um, was completely paralytic he was helpless he could do nothing for himself. He relied fully on the help of others. If he wanted to scratch his face, he needed help. If he wanted to move his place, he needed help. He was stuck, completely stuck. I don't know if you saw the news lately. I saw this whole article about um, somebody who was fixing an ATM and went in to fix the ATM and in the process of it got locked inside the ATM machine. And it was so, they, they couldn't yell out. It was, there's, I don't know, they, they, they couldn't yell out. And so what they would do is, and they forgot their cell phone in their service truck. And so this guy, who they will not release the ID, identity of, he was handwriting notes. I'm stuck in the ATM. Please call my boss. And then a phone number. And he would slide it out the receipt. And so you go up and you, you get, you know, you do your thing. And all of a sudden it says, oh, come on. Come on. Really? This is funny. Finally, one person said, I'll call the police. So the police show up. They thought it was a joke. Then they hear a voice inside there. They still think it's a joke. They finally get the guy out. But he was stuck. He could do nothing. He could not help. He was stuck in the ATM. Sliding notes out. Have you ever seen the one where you open a Chinese fortune cookie that says, help, I'm stuck in a Chinese cookie factory? <laughs> yeah. Help. Just, just helpless. Well, this man that was paralyzed, he was helpless. He could do nothing to save himself. He needed healing. He needed healing. He had tried everything. He had been to everything. He needed healing. And what is amazing is he found himself at the one place he needed to be, the feet of Jesus, the place where all things change. He found himself at the feet of Jesus and his healing was made true. Jesus healed him. And so today I just want to ask this. There are those of us, we need to be reminded that we have a God, a Savior who heals. And there are those of you here today, you would say, I need healing. I want it. And if that's you, we want to pray for you this morning. If you just raise your hand and leave a button. If you want healing this morning, for a few of you, thank you. Healing. Yes. And let me throw this in there. I just feel this. For some of you, your past is what you need healing from. It's not even a, it's not even a physical healing. You need a healing deep within you from your past. So whatever kind of healing you would need, raise your hand. If you're near some of people, let's put a hand on them, please. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for healing in your name. 
Lord, you know every situation, you know every ache and pain, you know, you know everything that is in each of these people with their hands up. I pray in your name, the powerful name of Jesus, that there would be change today. I pray there would be healing today. I pray that things would be um, made right today. Freedom, in Jesus' name, amen. February 28th, 2016, we talked about the four soils. The four soils, we already went over that a little bit, but I just want to bring something back. I'm going to take it from back there and bring it back to the future. Because see, back when we preached the sermon about the weeds and the, and the thorns, oh man, it was so convicting to me. When I look at my heart and it says that the, the, the cares and the concerns and the pleasures of this life, they choke out the goodness that God gives. I was struck by that. And I went, I, need to, I, need, I want to reprioritize. I want to de-weed and some of these worries that just nag me. I mean, there are Sundays. I know it's hard for you guys to believe because you're not like this. I will leave this place t- touched by God. Like I heard, oh, that's good. By the time I get to my car, I'm already worried about what's going to happen this week. I know none of you deal with that, but I'm already, like, and by this afternoon, I've already lost the whole thing. I'm just so consumed about my worries, my cares. And then there's the temptation of the pleasures of the world, which can lull us as well, and these weeds grow up, and so when God's word comes to us, it just gets choked out. And I just want to bring it back into the present and say there are those of us here today who have forgotten, like me, Oh, I, I did such, I worked so hard to de-weed and, and work on those things and prioritize God in my life for that time. Put him above all things and get rid of some of these, these, these things that are choking out his goodness. But I forgot. And so today, I am doing this. I am saying I am going to reprioritize this. I'm going to go back and say I am going to re-examine my heart. Ask forgiveness where I need to ask forgiveness and make changes where I need to make changes. And so this is one that has struck me big time. But if you are in here today, and you have the courage to say, you know what, I got some weeds that have grown since 2016, February 28th, and I, would, I, I want some prayer on that. Raise your hands. <laughs> yes. I want, I want the good soil. I want the good crop. I want to get rid of that stuff that just hounds me and comes after me, those worries. Jesus, I pray for us, Lord, that you would give us green thumbs this week. I pray you would help us to just take out the weeds that have come out, the, the worries of this world that just hound us. I pray you would ha- strike us so deeply that, Father, when you speak to us, when your word hits us, Lord, there is nothing to choke out your goodness there. Give us the, give us the strength and the resolve to go after those things in our hearts that come against you, to do whatever it takes to get them out. In Jesus' name, amen. Only two more, don't worry. I'm not going to go through all of Luke. <laughs> January 22nd of this very year, the prodigal son, we talked about it a little bit already. The prodigal son is such a marking story. It's a story about a kid who was far from his father, who had done it all wrong, who, who had lived in the home and done some good things and probably had some good moments with dad, but then he decided, I'm out of here, and he went and he, he did what he wanted. And there are those of here today and I would love for our pride to, to, to decrease enough that we could be humble enough to ask for help on this, to admit, I'm farther from God than I'm comfortable with. I'm farther than God than I meant to be, than I want to be. I want to go home. Are you here today and need forgiveness? Are you here today and you feel far from God? For whatever the reasons, it could be something that you have 
transgressed and sins and that you, just like the prodigal son, you believe when I start going home, I'm going to see his frown and God's gonna be like, oh, now you're back. Look what you did this time. Or God wants me to pay some penance. Go work in the fields for a while and earn your place back as my son, my daughter. But we serve a God who's made it very clear. There is no condemnation in Jesus. And when you come home, he welcomes you with forgiveness and open arms and love. The prodigal son tried to say, Dad, I want to come back and just work in the field. I want to be a servant. And he said, no, 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 that's nonsense. Bring the robe, bring the shoes, bring the ring. My son is back. And today, he wants to hear the heart cry of those of us who would honestly say, I need forgiveness and I want to be, cl- be closer with God. And so if that's you, you would have the, you would have the, uh, courage to raise your hand with me? I want to pray for you. Thank you. Yeah. Lord, this is a hard one. You know it. There's a lot of us that should be raising our hands right now. But Jesus, I pray for those of us in here who would go ahead and say, forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done. For those of us who would say, I'm far from you, but I want to come back. Father, you make a clear path. I pray right now, in our, as we have our eyes closed, we would just see your smiling face as you welcome us. Welcome home, my beloved daughter. Welcome home, my beloved son. All of your sins are forgiven, everyone. Yes, Jesus, but what about that one? That one too. But you have no idea how bad I've been. You have no idea how good I am. Come home. All is forgiven. All is forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. And finally, March 13th, 2016, Jesus is in a boat with 12 disciples and they're crossing the sea, which I want to go into. There's so much in these. I want to go into each of these for like an hour each and bless you that I don't get to do that. But um, he's in the boat and the sea, it scares these guys anyway. They're out there and, and and there's this huge storm that comes up upon them. And these men are in this boat and they have to have help. Like, have you ever been in circumstances that are so out of your control, you cannot calm it? Financial? Some of you are in financial storms right now. Relational? Some of you, hurricanes are being loosed in your life relationally. Morally? All that, you name it, there can be a storm for you. But what circumstance in your life is out of your control that is whipping a storm up and you're scared? For some people it is addiction, the storm of addiction they cannot tame. What would it be for you? What storm do you have? What circumstance in your life is out of your control? Because see, Jesus was in the boat with these, with these disciples <laughs> and they they. He got up and he calmed the storm. He brought peace. Now there's two kinds of peace. There's peace where he makes the circumstances all good. And there's peace that even though the storm rages, he resolves within us a peace. And the greater peace, I believe, is the peace within. So that you can go through storms the rest of your life and be okay. Do you know what Jesus was doing during the storm in this Bible, in this story? He was sleeping. That's peace. That's, that's either a condition or that's peace. I think... <laughs> I think it's peace. The peace of God surpasses all understanding that when circumstances are going crazy in your life, you can resolve in your heart to stand on his peace. And for some of you this morning, what you need 
more than anything today is a touch, a taste of the peace of God that surpasses understanding. Right now, even during this sermon, your mind has been going off on whatever it is that is the storm hitting you. It's distracting. It's debilitating. So I want you to raise your hands if you would like some peace today. Who needs peace? Second Thessalonians says, Jesus, that you are the God of peace who gives peace at all times and in every way, leaving no condition where you would not give peace. So whether these storms and these people who have their hands raised, whether the storm is something that was brought upon them or a storm of their making, there's no condition. It says you're the God of peace who gives peace at all times and every way. I pray right now you begin in their life to give them peace in their hearts. I pray you would even now settle them. Lord, show them the divine perspective. Show them your perspective on this. Give them peace. And Father, for some, I pray you supernaturally would calm these storms and they would see clear waters. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we've gone through this, there's a power in looking back, but there's also something else that um, hoping happens as we go through Luke. Our desire is that you would see Jesus anew and love him anew. But also something else. As we've gone through Luke, you've seen that the Bible is alive and active. Though you can go through any of these accounts and say, what does this ask of me? What does it ask of me when a paralyzed man is lowered through a roof? What does it ask of me when, when a storm is called, calmed? I would challenge you guys this, as we've gone through, and you've been with us on this journey to see how the, because we've gone through Luke almost verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We've left out very little. And there were some weeks, I didn't know what we were gonna preach on. Remember when we did the genealogy and I preached on the genealogy? Anyone? I forgot that one too. That was the, uh, no. <laughs> Listen, it's alive and active. And you can get, we can have access to this at any point. And one of the hopes we have is that you would fall in love with the word of God. I would challenge you, go, go get your Bible. Get your phone, scroll, open. Start with, go, to, go to John, get a new perspective on Jesus. Go so, start reading and asking God, what, would, what are you saying to me through this? Because you can have these moments in your own study in your own house, as he begins to transform us into the people he wants us to be. So whether you're here today, whether you were here for, for, for forgiveness, for cleansing, acceptance, healing, or, or just to be welcomed home, whatever it would be that you needed today, or if we didn't go through what you need, God is available. And as we go into communion, listen, communion is the ultimate looking back and remembering. When Jesus grabbed the bread and he had the cup, he said, do this in remembrance of me. We do this to remember him. We, we get the bread, not because it's just a snack at the end of church. We do this to remember what he did for us, that he shed, his blood was shed, that his body was broken. So let us see the power in looking back. See the power that comes with remembering. And today, today, listen, you might have already done some business with God, and those of you who raised your hands and, and, and stepped up in courage, thank you. But there are some more of you who, need, who know, who know you have business with God to do today. And, and please come get the communion, pray at your seat. And if you would like extra prayer, we're gonna have some people at the front willing to pray with you. But Orchard, let's be a people who steps into his opportunities. Let's be a people who when he says, I want you to, to, to step into this, this forgiveness, this courageous moment, let's do it. And let's remember him this morning. Do you remember what he's done in your life? 
Maybe as you hold the bread and wine today, the juice, you would sit there and go, Jesus, help me remember what you've done in my life. Do you remember the day you came to Jesus? Do you remember the times that he's spoken to you and helped you in the past? Let us remember his goodness. Jesus, we thank you. Even on a day where we are recapping and reviewing, your, your word is active. Jesus, you are active. You desire, Father, you, de- you love your children and you desire great things for each of us. Forgive us, Father. Call us to greater courage. I pray for us as the orchard, Lord, that we would love God and we would love people with all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen.